SMQBs, episode 102, the Super Bowl recap show. So much to talk about. What an unbelievable game. Some of the greatest performances by quarterbacks you'll see. Uh, perhaps the better performance by Jalen Hurts, even though he didn't come out on top. It's a great show. Love to get the perspective of House, who was there. We talked next what's up for the NFL, our punchable face, a really great lasso. Check us out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. And from the people, climb up on the booth. Hanging from the people on the people. My head's the roof. Dancing on the ceiling on the people. I got people on the... Dancing on the people. I got people. SMQB's 102 post-Super Bowl 57. It feels a little bit like a funeral, but the show must go on. Um, And I want to get to our new intro segment. Mm. And I got to tell you, House, I had decided to do this before the Super Bowl. Uh oh. So this is best Rihanna song? in the NFL <laughs> rule book. Order of the rules, rule twelve, player conduct, section one, blocking, use of hands and arms, article six, defensive holding. It is a foul for defensive holding if a wow a, a defensive player tackles or holds any opponent other than a runner except as permitted in article 5 that is it that is the totality of the rule that may have affected the entire outcome of the super bowl what the f does that have to do with 102 nothing but i just want to start off with an obscure rule and I was going to go Hold to rule books you, and start coming up with obscure rules. Had, you said you had this scheduled before. Well, the rule thing, the rule thing, not necessarily the holding rule. Oh, okay. but but so I, I I thought timely. instead of doing uniform numbers, which we've done, we're going to look at obscure rules to start every show uh, because rules matter. But I have to I'm say, gonna, I I'm I going to throw I, a flag on this new uh, segment. Maybe, 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 but <laughs> there's some interesting rules out there. Can but, we vote on this? Yeah, well, we look up the no, it's a dictatorship. Degree, we yeah. look up the rules of third degree murder in DC. Listen, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's remarkable that that's it. That's the totality of the rule. It doesn't it doesn't give a lot of. Uh, there should be a similar rule that says if you catch the ball, right. it's a fucking catch. Well, we should talk about that too. What is a but, catch? But uh, listen, we got to just get into it. I mean, look, um, man. Can I just say, first of all, like props to House for even being on the podcast tonight? Yeah, yeah huge. Proud right. of you, man. We're proud. I of sure you. as hell wouldn't be. Yeah. The pro- the, <laughs> there was a prop bet that you would not be on the pod. So, yeah. trying to send the grads. Children. Oh. <laughs> they had to go to class. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I take it it was an entertaining game on television. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably I mean, one of the most entertaining. Game. 
in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a great game. That was a one of you guys said at the as we closed out one on one. I forget which one it was, but one of you guys basically said that I did all the Super Bowls have been like incredibly entertaining. Like this is really turning into like a reliably competitive, fun thing for people to watch. Besides all the entertainment commercials, I'm saying the actual game product. Well, we'll come back to the commercials. The commercials weren't though that good. I don't, I don't, I don't think they like you didn't miss anything by missing the commercials. No. Um, but no. I got to tell you, the house. I mean, I it was an incredibly entertaining game that somehow, and I don't know if it was because we all felt the gut punch, you know, on on some degree that you did. We we felt it for you, but it really, as great as the game was, it felt really flat at the end. I mean, it was really just a weird feeling. I thought, yeah, there were not a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, it's a well-played game offensively. I, 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 mean, I, th- Take I think us through it, house. I want the whole, yeah. Yeah. Come on house through the super bowl. I mean, well, there. notwithstanding the temperature of Arizona, Glendale, Arizona should probably never get a game again. Wow. Whoa. All right. Well, the, the, they were not set up logistically for how that Super Bowl was run. At one point, there was a alert in the stadium that you shouldn't use certain parts of concourses because you could get, you could get like delayed for 15 minutes. Um, some, some, there were not nearly enough bathrooms for 68,000 people. We will, we lay, waited in the parking lot for close to two hours after to exit the parking lot. I mean, there were just all kinds of logistical things that, uh, you know, have nothing to do with the game. The, of course, what did have to do with the game that I have not seen a single person take the other side of this. It's far and away the worst field I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. Yep. It was awful. A million dollars on turf. And I remember you guys, the old heads on here will remember. It used to be like a whole thing about George Toma Fields, the guy that yeah. started. Oh, yeah. The sod god. The sod god. The god of sod, yeah. Well, his business and family was supposedly still behind this, but that was a- atrocious for both teams. Atrocious. You're, it, you almost lost your kicker. Almost lost our kicker. I don't know. I mean, I don't know <laughs> whether we could have. Mahomes is the slipperiest guy I've ever seen. That was my biggest worry, but. We were not getting off the line very well because we weren't getting footing. But look, it's an incredible experience. If you ever can go to a Super Bowl, of course you should go. Everything about it was super, super cool. Um, I This was just by stroke of luck that the tickets I got happened to be in the section for many, many of the uh, Eagles family. So I was in the same section as the Gainwells, Avante Maddox's family, uh, Darius Slay's family, nice. Isaac Samalu's family. Um, they're like two others. So I got to introduce myself and say hello. That was fun. Um, I, I, never, uh, I never thought the Eagles or Kansas City was in control of that game until Kansas City went up eight. We thought we were dead. Uh, we, we thought it was done. What, what? What Slay, what Slay, what Hertz did to put that team on his back uh, and carry them to tie it up was pretty heroic by comparison in Super Bowl contests. But I don't know. I just want to jump straight to the end. I always say on this pod that you can never have a game come down to one officiating decision. I still 
I still will stand by that. But I think I share the same thing that I've heard from everybody else that for a game that was competed at that level and so entertaining, the fans, unless you're from Kansas City, were deprived of the opportunity to see that game and the right way. At least, okay, fine, kick the field goal, go up by three points, give the Eagles the ball with a minute to go and see what Jalen can a do. Minute, a minute and 48 with two timeouts. I mean, I, I think the fans, I think NFL, I think everybody was deprived of that. Yes, Bradbury, such a stand-up guy for saying it was a hold. I held him. I was hoping they would let it go. The Eagles, to a man, every single person on that team has been stand-up about this loss. I still think that if you asked 95 out of 100 refs in that same situation in even a regular season game, I don't think they'd throw the flag. I just don't. But it was a flag. And- I, I mean, I don't think they called any offensive holding penalties like on a lineman the whole game. And we all know that every single offensive snap, there's holding in a football game, right? I mean, they don't all get called, obviously, but I mean, you there's something on just about every snap where you could call holding, and they didn't call holding. They called the hands to the face on Sue, but that was about it for a line penalty. Yeah. Um, Well, they called encroachment. Well, yeah. But, yeah, but, but my point is, like a, my point is, is they they clearly weren't calling holding in the trenches, right? I mean that they put the flag away for that, and you know they there were some some receiver penalties, cornerback receiver penalties called during the game. I think the uh, refs were sorry. Go ahead. No, no, well, go they, ahead, call, go they ahead. called an offensive. I, I think the refs were influenced by the by the play itself because it was essentially the same pattern that. Um, Tony scored his touchdown on and Sky Moore scored his touchdown on from the other side where they went in and then planted and cut out. And Bradshaw admitted that he altered the route. He altered Juju Smith's route. Bradbury. Mm -hmm. Bradbury. So, you know, those, if you throw, if you run that play three times and the first two result in a touchdown, maybe the refs are a little bit more on a heightened awareness about a hold there. I I didn't think it was was the same play, but I I I, same pattern, same pattern. Did did, um apparently Olson went nuts on it? Like did the what what did the announcer say about it? Olson didn't like the call. You said you don't make the call with that at that well game. That that so there's there's obviously look we're all lawyers we parse this shit out all the time. This is this is the two parts of this. Everybody thought it was a penalty. Now whether the flag should get thrown is a different issue. Right. I mean, Olsen hated the flag getting thrown, but he acknowledged, yes, that is that is an illegal move. Right. Just like just like Bradbury came out and said. Right. I mean, like so there, there doesn't seem to be any argument that by the letter of the law, he held him and he acknowledged he held him. The question is, you know, should the flag have been thrown? I and, mean, it's like it's like somebody was saying today and somebody I was listening to that it's it's like a. NBA game, you know, in the finals where the, the the referees referee the entire game one way and then in the last possession they call something that they hadn't called the entire game that people have been getting away with. Well, that's what or, I was trying to suggest. Or yeah. like a or like a umpire in the in the bottom of the ninth inning decides his strike zone is going to be a little different than it has been for the entire game. And, you know, it's just now, uh unexpected. Just to play devil's advocate on it, I mean those are timing plays and, and 
you know, the argument is if 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 he doesn't hold him, and he, you know, I think he held him because he was beat. If he doesn't hold him, the ball drops into his bread basket for a touchdown. Um, that's the devil's advocate argument on it. Again, that's that's a different issue than if it's if you throw the flag in that setting of the game. But if you're the Chiefs and you're saying, wait a minute, we dialed up a great play to win the football game, and but for but for a holding, it would have been a touchdown. Um, I don't know. Well, what's it, what's know. really what's really interesting is uh, if he didn't hold him, and it's a touchdown. Then the Eagles get the ball back with a minute 40. Right. 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 Might have been better record. off. Might yeah, have been right. better off. Well, that happens. Well, that's why McKinnon took a knee on the one. Yeah, it was yeah, that was smart. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, uh, to to Rooster's comment. So if you haven't seen yet the uh the the the, the kind of analysis that Dan Orlovsky did of the two touchdowns, um I mean, Coaching won the Chiefs the Super Bowl. Um, I agree. Coaching won the Chiefs the Super Bowl because that play, which was exactly what Rooster described, uh, that resulted in the two touchdowns to Tony and Moore. This is the was this was actually the genius of Andy Reid. They did this jet sweep uh, play where the receiver starts to go in motion, and when the receiver goes in motion. What happens is the basically the corner rocks back and the safety comes up. And so what Reed did, which I had kind of forgotten about on both the predecessor plays before the touchdowns is he ran the play. Both one was a a run that was a short run and they didn't score. And one was a pass that was thrown out of the end zone. Those were the two preceding plays before the two touchdown plays. But what Reed wanted to see was how we were defending it. And once he saw how we were defending it, instead of doing the jet sweep, like Rooster said, they planted their foot. They planted, went the other way. Went, went and for now, the flag and route. the corner rock back, there was no coverage. And it was almost just, like it, it was almost like a backdoor pass, right? Yep. It was like because the because the receiver starts in motion just like the jet sweep and the, and the corner and safety just slam, you know, they just fly to where they think the ball's going. Right. And by the time the ball snapped, all their momentum's going the opposite way. The, Too late. In the meantime, the receiver right. like a backdoor pass has, has put his foot in the ground, reverse course and gone the other way. But the brilliant, the brilliance of yeah. Reed, last thing I'll say, the brilliance of Reed is he literally burned two plays where okay, yeah. if it worked and McKinnon scores great or whatever, but he was willing to burn two plays just to kind of flush it out. Yeah. I, I really think that the, the game turned at the half with Reed's adjustments and the Eagles defense is failure to react to some of those adjustments. Um, and then the Tony punt return that there was a bad punt and that punt punt return turn the game a little bit there. So I mean, they, you know, both offenses played well enough to win. And Jalen was the best player on the team. The The Eagles offense was probably better than the chiefs offense, but the defense, which remember, we all said we're predicted. We predicted the Eagles would win because 
the the Chiefs were not particularly strong at running the ball, and the Eagles had the most sacks in the league and the best pass defense in the league. And Reed just kind of outsmarted the defense in the second half, and it resulted in touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Uh, McKinnick uh, um, kneeling before scoring could have scored four touchdowns and four possessions if they wanted to, as well, opposed to you know. The Eagles, they got a, um, a field goal and um, a punt their first two times out in the, in the second half. So that, that turned the whole game right there. I, mean, I, I raised it last week, and I'm not sure that anybody you know, disagreed. I think everybody jumped on and, and agreed with it. But, you know, I said this is, you know, you have Reed who's going into his fourth Super Bowl, right, as a head coach versus Sirianni. And. You know, it, it showed. I mean, whatever Reed did, and he had 35 minutes at halftime because, you know, we have to make this game nine hours long. But he had 35 minutes to completely, you know, revamp or, and do whatever he needed to on adjustments or or even micro adjustments. Um, and Sirianni didn't do anything. It didn't seem like, you know, now, now, even though they were, it seemed like the Eagles were humming along. I mean, it was a game at the half. You know, well, let's not forget that Jalen, despite all of that, Jalen um, throws this beautiful forty-six-yard uh, pass down the sideline to Devonta Smith, and then runs it in himself and runs in the two-point conversion, and it's thirty-five to thirty-five. I mean, he, by the way, he you did know like Kyle called? said, he put that team on his back. Caught an octopus. An octopus. <laughs> yes, How, I had not heard that before. What what part of the Eagles? game plan that underperformed were you most shocked about like defensive line special teams the inability to adjust after the half like what were you sitting there going this morning going like I can't believe that happened like for me it was the like I thought the defensive line was going to own the Chiefs offensive line and the fact there were zero sacks yeah I don't even know if they touched him they they Um, they hurried him that was that was crazy. That was just the, I couldn't believe that. I, I, I was surprised at the ultimate loss on the combined interior lines. I do think we flushed him out of the pocket a lot, but he's a, he's a magic man. I'm, yeah. I'm more surprised that our dominating offensive line with at least two hall of famers on that line um, could not establish any kind of run game. Uh, I know that Miles Sanders got a little bit of hurt, but we never established a run game. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is. Except for Jalen. Except for Jalen. Jalen had a good game. Yeah. The, the the teams had 19 games of game film to look at. And while some of our game film worked at, at some of our downfield passing routes to Devontae and AJ Brown, ironically, it was the commander's blocking scheme that got uh, that win against us. That was the same blocking scheme they used for Pacheco, who had some nice runs throughout the game. Yeah, he did. Those were Antonio Gibson runs. Those were Brian Robinson runs. Those were the same blocking scheme that was used in that. And ironically, Doug Peterson's jet sweep touchdown was what was used by Jacksonville against us in that same game. Reed just dialed that up and said, that looked pretty good in the goal line. And just I, that's just that whole chess match of how the NFL works to say, let's look at 19 games worth of game film and see where there might be 
lapses in the team. And let's use that. Two of the holes in the season was that jet sweep goal line and the blocking scheme. They try to find a team that could effectively run against us. And that, that was, that was dialed up. I mean, I, I, I think the stat that jumps out for me the most is that Kansas city outrushed Philly. I yeah, was not I expecting think- that. And not only that, they came within like 20 yards of having the exact same amount of rushing as passing. I mean, Mahomes only had 182 yards passing. They had 158 yards rushing. That was surprising. I, I think you you guys are right on, on both points. I totally agree. But the one thing I will say is, you know, you can have schemes and good plays and great coaching. And certainly I agree we had all that in this game. But I think when you're talking about in the trenches, you know, the thing about the lines is sometimes guys just want it more. And, and I don't, that's not a slight to Philadelphia, but the, you know, when you're down there, helmet to helmet, you know, sometimes the guys or the, the unit that just is a little angrier that day or a little more fired up or something, because we, I mean, we all thought the Eagles lines would dominate on both sides of the ball. And it was kind of the other way around. Surprisingly, it was kind of the other way around. And, and that's why football is such um, you know, that's why a lot of people say it builds character. It's, you know, the, the old, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the dog. And, and that really fit here. And, and I think it was a surprise. And, and, you know, the chiefs, considering we all look at them as, as practically a dynasty, they really had this underdog mentality that, yeah. that you know, Philly loves to play with that, you know, us versus the world thing. But the how, Chiefs how really happen? had it. I don't know how that happened. Like, what a bunch of bullshit that is. But they, man, they they found it somewhere. Well, especially their offensive line, because even we were disrespecting them. You know? Yeah. Well, we let's not forget, this was a three-point game. When they yeah. lost. Oh, yeah. It's not like anyone blew this game. This is a three-point game. Well-played. No. Great game. You're, you're no. right, Rooster. But I'll tell you what. 28-27 was a stunning moment. When the Chiefs went up when 28 27, I, it, it was like, holy shit, what just happened? Because the Eagles, it felt like they were dominating the game. You mean 35 27? No, no, 28 well, But I mean 28 27. When the Chiefs kicked the extra point and went up by one in, in like halfway through the third quarter or, or maybe right at the last play of the third quarter, whatever it was. It was like that was that was just shocking to me that they were winning that football game at that point. You know, I know it's happened in hockey at least one time. I don't know if it's happened in baseball um, or in the NBA, but this is as close as I think you might ever come where the MVP could go to a losing team. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I do think the best player in the field yesterday and the most valuable player to their team was Jalen Hurts. I think that there's. I think the MVP could have been won by Tony. I think it could have won by Bolton. I think it could have been won by Mahomes. There were there were there was a definite team win. Kelsey had a great game in the first half. There were, it was a team win for Kansas City. Um, for the Eagles, Hurts put the the team on his back. And, he was the MOP. If yeah. there was an he, MOP, he, he would have won it. Yeah, you know what though, but he he also had a massive blunder. Sure, the I fumble. mean that that. Yeah. We can't ignore that flipped the script in the first half. Yes. I mean, he had an unbelievable game, but that it was just like, what, what just happened? Did you, did you hear Mahomes uh, praise of Jalen in his presser? Yeah. 
I mean, he went out of his way to say, you know, I know they lost the game, but don't don't let what a special Super Bowl moment Hertz just had one yeah. for the one for the ages, a performance for the ages. I mean, this was Mahomes saying it, saying, I hope that you guys don't walk out of here and miss what you just witnessed by him. I mean, Mahomes went above and beyond in, in I mean, it was deserved. It was definitely deserved. But, you know, that's the the other team's quarterback saying that. And, and he was reminding the press that they just saw one of the all time great Super Bowl performances by an individual player. So, House, I got a question for you. 28-27, Philly gets the ball back, first set of downs, third and two. Why why pass? Why not just keep doing what you're doing and run the ball? Because when you, when, you know, that was, I wrote down that was the biggest play of the game to me because that changed everything. Because when they were unable to get a first down, they had to get it back, and it was obviously a horrible kick, great punt return. But why, you know, Kansas City blitzed on a blitz package. If he had just run the ball, they would have got a first down or, or close enough that they could have snuck it. I mean, I guess Sirianni didn't feel like on given that they were like inside the 30 of their own, you know, own side, they couldn't, they couldn't go for it on fourth down, which is what he likes to do. But, but that, you know, I just didn't understand that play call. And, and you know, maybe that's gets back to what we've been talking about as far as coaching. Well, I, I that that's, the Indianapolis Colts problem now because that was Shane Steichen's call that I I didn't understand. I didn't understand not just the passing. I didn't understand the rollout passing. You took away half the field, right? Rolling out Jalen like that, which they did on that play. Uh, the biggest play of the game to me was the Isaac Samalu false start. Uh, that was the play just before the fumble in the first half. Yeah. Um, we're humming along, we're dominating the game. And I think we have a chance to like, just blow the roof off. And uh, after, after that false start, which was a first down on one of the push ahead plays, that's when he fumbled the ball. But I agree. I mean, that was a big play on that pass on third and two. Um, Again, we did get the ball back ultimately and tied it up at 35, but the, yeah, but the the script had been flipped at that point because then you're lost you lost a possession and you needed it at the end of the game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Does, and does, they should not have rolled him out the pass, let alone pass. Does anybody think that the um on the Eagles first possession of the second half when they wound up kicking that field goal um that that play that resulted in a a fumble uh return for a touchdown by the Chiefs was actually a completed pass well i'm glad you brought that up ah. it, it was a completed pass he did not make a football, make a football move. move but i thought he i felt like on the replay he did he caught the ball and turned his body which which is a football move towards the defender who, who rocked him well, where does it say in the rules that that a football move has oh, to be nice pull him up oh Oh, now, your feet. now you want to go to the rule book. Now you you like it. <laughs> 35 minutes ago, you didn't like I the think, rule book. I idea. think a catch is a catch. Who the fuck knows what who a catch knows is? What a catch. Who knows what a fucking catch is? I mean, really, okay. All right, here's what, what every, on this, every, on that every play, one of our teams has had their ox gourd on what's a catch. On, what, on that play, if, if he doesn't get rocked by the defender, he's made the catch and he's just like walking in for a touchdown. There's there's no bobbling going on. There's no doubt he's made the catch, and then he right. turns and makes a move, 
and the defender just drills him. I think that's a catch. I, I don't know what the move is, but I think the move is actually taking a foot and and going. I don't think it's just turning your body. I don't think Correct. turning your Well, let's say let's say he turns his body and he gives a little shimmy. Is that a football move? <laughs> no, I mean, no, really. I'm not sure the shimmy is enough. Let's say can yeah. you shimmy? Well, can why you not? shimmy without can What do you mean shimmy, without without shimmy shimmy? <laughs> if it's a shoulder this, shake and not moving your feet, I think moving your this, feet is what a move is. Moving your feet is how they've been defining what, it. What if he catches the ball, does a shimmy, and then stiff arms somebody, but he hasn't moved his feet yet? Well, how's that possible? Well, look. Well, no, but, but, but I mean, look, I, I'm joking about the shimmy, but let's say he makes a, 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 a some sort of a shake move with his upper body and the and the defender blows right past him. He doesn't have to necessarily move his feet right. to, to to have the guy miss. I think they really, I don't know about that one. I, what we could see was that he did not make a football move. He definitely caught the ball. I don't understand the Devonte one. Uh, I, if the play that's called on the field is that he caught the ball. I don't, I really thought you have to have sufficient evidence. You can pull up the rule book for this one too, to overturn the play. Like where was the sufficient evidence that was clear, crystal clear that Devontae didn't catch that ball because that was a difference of four points in the game. Yeah, the network uh, ref agrees with you. The thing the that Herrera? I understand about Herrera. the Devontae the play and the Dallas Goddard blood catch, which, which did go in Philly's favor. I thought that wasn't a catch. Both of them, what, what I saw happen on replay was I was less worried about the ball moving when they hit the ground. It was when they had possession and where their feet were at the time that they finally had possession. In both of those catches, what I saw was a bobble. And at first grasp, one foot was in. Then you have a bobble, recontrol, and the other foot goes in. But I in both of those plays, it looked to me like there was a bobble that didn't that meant they did not have possession with two feet in and they got called different ways. So once again, what the fuck is a catch? I would have called all three of them a catch. Yeah, I just don't know. I I kept texting you guys. I was like, I don't know what a catch is. I I got nothing. I, I do think for a Super Bowl game the officials put a little bit too more too much of their fingerprint on that game. Uh, yes, there weren't many penalties called, but there were, sure was some confusion, too long of decision-making, and, of course, the decision of, to throw the flag on that. I just – I think that it was such a well-played game between what was clearly the best two teams in football yep. that it was a shame to have the officials create controversy in that game. So I had a couple, a couple other things that I that I sort of, uh, no pun intended, flagged. Um, number one, uh, what team did Tony start the season on? Oh fuck! <laughs> this, that, that was this was a tough game for Giants fans. First, we got Devontae Smith making it clear that he's a superstar wide receiver, and we should have drafted him. <laughs> and then we get rid of Tony because of his attitude, and now all of a sudden. He decides he wants to be a football player instead of a crybaby, and he's he, he's a potential superstar. Yeah, and I, and I wasn't really meaning that as a shot at the Giants as much. Oh, as a, weren't as you? A, no, as much as a compliment to Andy Reid and the Chiefs, though, because you know they they had an opportunity to bring a guy in 
and they bring him in midseason and look at the difference he makes for them. You, can't, I mean, that's, you, you know, you can't really fault Brian Dayball. He's basically said, I don't care how much money we're paying you. I don't care how high you were drafted. If you don't adopt the attitude we want, you're just not playing. And they got the 40 something million dollar wide receiver sitting on the bench all year. And they won probably five to six more games than anyone thought they would. So can't be too upset, but God, it hurt to watch him. Yeah. No, such an imprint on that game. Like I said, I mean, I I really brought it up just to to reference more the, the, the chiefs franchise, which, you know, they're the new Patriots at this point, right? right? I mean, they 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 don't need Tyreek Hill. They don't need Josh Gordon on the team next year. Yeah. Right. Um, What about the, the rumors going around of the fake injury. Have you guys heard this? Mahomes. Mahomes? Yeah. That was a fake injury. Um, yeah. when he went down it? and came up uh in the game when he when he limped off the field. That was that was first half. Possibly. He looked pretty hurt to me. I mean, like I, I think that, so that, too. That, he just want he wants the added drama. He was purpose. trying to sucker the Eagles in. I, I don't, that's a that's a thing. I mean, I mean, I'm not he suckered me. It. It. The Eagles know that this guy is such a gamer that I don't <clears> think they <throat> changed their their scheming for him. Yeah, thirty five minute halftime. God knows what they it's did amazing. at halftime. Probably yeah. had six shots. I in think. His, yeah, I right. think he's got some stuff injected into his body that's going to yeah. make him grow a second head. Right. Well, <laughs> that, that's that's true. But which player out there doesn't have that? He, by the way, he can't walk today. Literally. So, so, House, what was the number one big stat you were looking at at the end of last pod? You you said if this happens, we should win. Wrong. What was it? You uh, over twenty, over twenty six rushes. Right. So you had thirty two rushes, and you went. We went over this in the in the production uh, before the pod, but I mean, more first downs, more that's, plays, that's, more that's yards. What are you talking about, folks? That's the funniest thing I've heard. Good Lord, no, more time way, of I mean, possession, right? Yeah, Didn't but, that team it, win almost every every time in the game? Yeah, what 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 was the whole list? It was crazy. Um more first downs, more plays, more yards, more time of possession, not even close. To yeah, more third down conversions, more yeah. passing yards, more total yards. Yeah. I I look, I think we might be able to come to a consensus agreement that five years into his career. Patrick Mahomes is already on the Rushmore of quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the guy Peyton Manning says he's already got a Hall of Fame resume. The guy, uh, from the time he was a starting quarterback, he has been to five AFC championships, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl championships, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he's a young guy who I think has a legitimate shot to already break Brady's record. What is so remarkable about the Eagles is with two different coaches, two basically different teams within five years of one another, we faced two of maybe the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Brady and Mahomes and came within a hair of beating both of them. I mean, we beat Brady in the one and almost beat Mahomes. Any team in his career until he gets in his like late 30s or early 40s, any team that beats Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl has one unbelievable crown in the resume. The guy is just incredible. Do you know... Do you know the list of quarterbacks? Uh, you guys probably do know this because it's been going around all day, but the list of quarterbacks that have two Super Bowls, two MVPs, and two Super Bowl MVPs. Is it Montana and Brady? Brady's one. Mahomes. Montana 
Brady, Aikman. Mahomes. No. Yeah. Montana, no, Aikman only got Montana one. Brady, Mahomes. I think Mahomes is a top five quarterback right now. I do. Of all time. time. Of all time. Of all time. Yeah. But but ne- but I mean, next year he uh, might he might be ranked behind Hertz for the year. Let, let me ask a question though. I'm glad you guys brought this up. The more NFL analysts, like people who really do this as a job, who know this stuff, the more I hear them and listen to them, they are ready to anoint Mahomes as the greatest quarterback of all time. And my question. Is, on that is why what what is it about him that makes him so unique and special i mean he was the 10th pick in the draft when he came out so certainly a high high ceiling um but nobody thought he was going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of the nfl when when he was drafted i mean what, what is it about him did you see that play in the second half of the game where he he came forward in the pocket to escape the pressure and he was being tackled from behind. And as he fell forward, he threw the ball like a dart oh, yeah. and hit Kelsey, Kelsey. Oh my God. for a first down. He basically threw the yeah. ball like he was throwing a dart at a dartboard and it was probably 12 yards in the air and it was a bullet. I mean, other people can't do that. He's the he had, he had how many incompletions in the second half? Oh, I don't even know. But do you have one. two? Well, I think he had one. one. It was one. one. And it was that play where he was being tackled as he fell down and he tried to thread it into uh, Kelsey. That was it. The guy is uh so the answer to the question is I think um beyond the smarts that Peyton Manning and Brady have, beyond the arm that Dan Marino has which I think he has both of them. I think he has something that we've never seen in an NFL quarterback before, which is creativity at that level. He, I mean, everything from the sidearm throws to the against the body throws. To, it's like to the left-handed throw, the left-handed throw. It's like, you know, sometimes like you see, like, I mean, it's a poor probably metaphor, but like a guy like Tiger Woods, how he can do a shot from anywhere off pine straw behind a tree, like whatever. It's like somehow Patrick Mahomes has, has practiced every shot from every sitting from every pass from every setting from anywhere on the field and knows how to do them in in like in the heat of the moment. I've never seen anything like it ever. The one the, the one way. incompletion you're talking about. He tried to throw the ball to a guy who was already knocked down to the ground and Tackle. surrounded by defenders. Right, and he thinks, well, I can just don't drop it right in there to him. How many Super Bowls did Peyton Manning win? Two, 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 two. That's right. Uh, two. How many Broncos and the Colts? Right. How many MVPs did Peyton Manning have? Not Super Bowl, just the league wide uh, uh, season MVPs. One, MVP. I think. one, two, two. Mahomes has that in his first five years, and we have yeah. Peyton on the on the Mount Rushmore. Most most people do. Yeah, that's why he's top five already. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the last thing that I I wanted to mention was uh, I do think we have to give a little golf clap. Um, for the carousel huddle. I mean, well, well done. I mean, that, that takes some balls to, to run that. Come on. Al, you ball. ought to, you, you and the, uh, the Philly special, you ought to appreciate the a, pinwheel. A good, the it pinwheel. Was the, pinwheel huddle. It was the play before the, the Tony touchdown, I think. Yeah. 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 Missed it. Misinformation direction, whatever. So my only point on Mahomes, 
my only point on Mahomes versus Hertz is sure all time Mahomes is way ahead of him. But if I was starting a team next year as a GM and I could take either one of them, it would be a tough choice. Yeah. You know, you know what also helps Mahomes? Because Mahomes has gotten hurt the last two years. All and he hurts, does win the Super Bowl and he's hurt. Hurts is, hurts is like a fullback slash quarterback. I mean, he's not getting hurt. One of the most impressive plays of the entire game was, to your point, was the two-point conversion. Oh, he, yeah. was, he was tackled at the two. He was basically going to be down, and he used his sheer will and strength. Talk about wanting a play. He was a fullback on that play. Yeah, he, well, willed, he willed himself into the end zone. It was unbelievable. Have you seen his? Have you seen his thighs? I mean, Squats. the guy is huge. He's, He's massive. He's massive, massive guy. Yeah. Green, I mean, Greeny, said, Greeny said this morning that he's never seen another NFL player improve more than Jalen Hurts ever. There are running backs that in is, the NFL I would rather amazing. tackle than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I mean, Hurts has get- totally morphed. Well, Rooster, you said yourself your your daughter was listening to our pods back in the early days, and and we made the comment of like, oh, no, does this potentially uh, upset, you know, Wentz by – by drafting Hertz two years ago, that wasn't in fairness to us. That wasn't a unique take at the time. No, and, no, and, no, no, and no. House I'm was all up, House was a little upset with Howie. Yeah, he was. That, yeah, you were. Yeah, that shows you how unbelievable Hertz has performed and improved. I yeah, mean, he's yeah. just he's only going to get better. He's yes. get better too. Hey, to, to to think he was practically run out of Alabama for Tua. He's it's kind of he's, a joke right now, too. He's the $50 million man. Sign, got to pay him $50 million. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good question. So, <clears throat> how, how does Philly get back here? Because you you got to pay Hertz, right? You're going to – you got some guys coming up free agency, I'm assuming. They've got good draft so picks. I, I was able to uh, bump into an old friend who is one of the – um, at the game, who's one of the preeminent uh, sports business professors in the country at Columbia University, this guy named Scott Rosner. And uh, so we were going over the Eagles roster for next year and decisions because he's he's from Philly. And there's some hard decisions to make because part of their success this year was built on C.J. Gardner-Johnson and James Bradbury. They're both unrestricted free agents. If If you franchise tag Bradbury, he'll probably sit out the season. Like you, so, and if you pay him, you're going to have to overpay him. And then what do you do with CJ Gardner Johnson? So you're going to lose half of the critical part of your secondary, no question about it. And you've got two leaders in your locker room who I don't think you can pay. I don't think you can pay Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox unless they agree to come back and say, I love the Eagles and I'll take whatever salary. Uh, their defensive tackles that help shore up the defensive line during the season and Limval Joseph and Adamica Sue are both gone. So, uh, and one of their start, yes, he made a bad penalty yesterday, but a stud guy who had almost no penalties against him the whole season, Isaac Samalu, he's going to get paid. He's gone. So the road to getting back to the Super Bowl is very, very perilous with losing all those players. That's why we always had to throw this off. It, it's why, always that way. That's why I think some of these mock draft analysts have their heads up their asses because they've got the Eagles taking a wide receiver. I mean, so you've stupid. got two why great wide receivers. Yeah. How, draft, how long is AJ signed through? Yeah, you, you need to draft a cornerback, obviously, if you're going to yeah. lose one of those two. Four guys. years? 
think so. Yeah, they, think- they did an extension when he came over, didn't they? Yeah. And Devontae is going to come off his rookie contract next year. Yeah, and they'll sign Devontae, and they'll keep those two. And the Dallas Godert, they re-signed. So they're they're fine. Miles Sanders is gone. Um, so they'll have to find a running back and some secondary and some that's defensive okay. line help. Yeah, you that's can find a running back in, in the second or third round. You yeah, want Zeke? <laughs> <laughs> we want Tajay. Hey, Pope, Pope, it was nice to yes. see Dak at the Super Bowl finally. Wasn't it? it yes. Was, it was nice to see him there. He got the old uh, Philly cheer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He got booed for winning the person of the year for so did, his uh, contributions he, to society. <laughs> was it was it Rodney Barber? Which Barber was it who got booed also? Oh, Ron, they booed Rondé. Philly booed Rondé. Yeah. Because he got the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. They, well. they booed the shit out of Rondé Barber and DeMarcus Ware, and then they booed the shit out of Dak. It was fun. That was fun. That was a fun part. Did they boo Chuck Howley, or did they even know that he was a cowboy? No, I don't think Oop. so. He's <laughs> dead. All right, look, we can't, um, we, we can't talk Super Bowl, of course, without a little commentary on the ads, um, which I have to say. I thought they were pretty blah. I mean, some good stuff, but all yeah. in all, nothing like super creative. What, what do you What do you guys think? I agree. I thought there was there weren't any terrible ones, and there weren't any great ones. My wife loved the clueless ad. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I like the better one. I, I thought some, that was funny. Uh, some of the how better ones, like, like that one, Milk didn't play it enough. They played. They didn't. They didn't play the. Duncan ad more than once, I don't think. Or how about that premature electrification ad? Oh God, Dodge Ram. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought the, I, I thought the one that was great was the uh, the one with the with the dogs for it was for Amazon. Oh where yeah, it was like yeah. The, the, yeah. the COVID dog, and then he's like, everyone's going back to work in school, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" So he just starts tearing the house apart. That, I thought that was hilarious. He's like, that was a good okay, one. Hey, look, guys, any any you. ad any ad where you can get Ben Stiller's Zoolander's Blue Steel involved is, ah, is one of my yeah. best ads. And then and then that the thing they did is they kept running it with him pouring the Pepsi over his head in the Zoolander pose during yes. the rest of the game. I love that. And poor poor Canada, poor oh, Canada yeah. got got. Drowned out of seeing the thank you Canada ad, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was one of the saddest texts I've ever gotten from our yeah <laughs> from Luke's job. Didn't even well, we don't get the if, commercials here. If, if you grew up in New England, though, that Sam Adams Boston Lighter ad was pretty damn uh, funny. Yeah, the, um, the mass the mass hole ad. Yeah, yeah. Can, I miss I we, miss the Bud Light ads with. With the animals and and uh, and the and the Clydesdales and the dog. Oh, I mean, that's frogs. What, yeah. the with frogs. Sure. I, I don't I know what the, I miss those. Blue Moon gets they 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 Blue Moon gets the credit I think for the most um, uh, maybe creative or just sort of ballsy ad where they had the Coors Light Miller Light fight and then yeah. at the end they just put down a Blue Moon on the bar and say nope it's an ad for Blue Moon that was pretty good. Yeah. Was there any? Uh, movie or television series coming out that was hyped? Indiana oh, yes. Jones. Indiana Jones. Indiana yeah. Jones, baby. The the and the a bunch Nike. of alien shows. No, the night that the, the, those were oh, yeah. news flashes. That yeah, was news. News. Both news those were movies. Yeah, that was swoosh, happening. Yeah, that movie. was breaking news. Yeah. yeah, the air. The movie Air. Air looks good. That oh, yeah, looks really yeah, good. Yeah, Did you see good. that house? No, I, I haven't seen anything. 
it's a fantastic cast. It's Matt Damon and um and what's his Ben buddy? Affleck uh, plays ben Affleck. Phil Knight. Phil Knight, yeah. It's, it's about, the, Damon. Bateman. It's about the goat in the shoe. Goat. It's not goat. about the goat. It's about totally the shoe. About the goat. The goat. It's about goat how shoe. Nike. It's about how Nike became Nike and how they used Jordan to create a, a brand. And it, it's it looks amazing. Jason Bateman's in it. I mean, cast is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Anything. Uh, and then the other one that looked good was. Uh, the, I mean, if you like dogs, the movie Strays. I mean, that, that looked kind of cute too. Looks over the, the top. Rated R. Well, yeah. You heard the language? Dog movie rated no. R. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. It looks good. Um. All right. Anything else Super Bowl related? Halftime show. Oh yeah, uh, we didn't put that. In, bring that up. Yeah, I, I have eh. to say this. Uh, yeah, no, what was it like yeah, there, House? Yeah, that's more for you, House. Well, two, two, two major additional blunders besides all the other stuff at the stadium did you guys you might have seen it on tv but did you know that there was this uh record setting all woman yeah uh flyover yeah yeah i yeah. guess the entire yeah. crew the entire flight crew yeah and it never went over the stadium that the fans could see what like, oh <laughs> it's like unbelievable maybe what? you guys saw it on tv nobody in the stadium ever saw the flyover the roof it was right after it was right after the national anthem, right after when they're shooting everyone over the roof fireworks. Well, oh, it, it, maybe that was yeah. by design. <laughs> I think Dr. Jill Biden met them too afterwards to, at some point, also met the, the women. So I saw the um the Harbaugh versus Harbaugh Super Bowl in New Orleans, and the whole halftime show was put on in the dark because they lost power. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of light on Beyonce, but not much. Yeah, I I don't well, know. I don't I know. Thought you had another blunderhouse. I thought I thought uh, Chris Stapleton nailed the national anthem. Would you Would you think House nailed? Awesome. It. Yeah, he was good. Awesome, and actually the babyface, babyface. Yeah, uh, America the Beautiful was awesome too. That was awesome. Both those both those uh, anthems were awesome, and I don't know how it appeared on TV, but in the stadium where Rihanna started was terrifyingly high. Like if you were yeah. in the stadium. Like that is really, really, really high. Was she like oh. locked in? in yeah, yeah. Pregnant? yeah. She, yeah, she had a um a she had a harness on. You can okay. see the tether. I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, I think the best thing about the halftime, and look, I like Rihanna, I like her music, and and I thought she played a lot of her her really good songs. But the the best part of the halftime show was the awkwardness on Twitter of everybody going there yes. and being like, wait, is she um it, it, she's not no never mind i'm not gonna no, i mean like like literally nobody knew are you allowed to say she looks pregnant like you know i mean look, the rule I thought, is, I thought pope's gynecological opinions were the best the, 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 rule, the rule generally is they're, they're based on on internet research pope was like no she's not or, she I'm can't not be pregnant she just had I'm a like, baby five months sure. ago. yeah she just had a baby 12 months ago well yeah. dr pope yeah but like Unless That's you why see they call him ASAP. Unless you see a baby's head protruding from out between a woman's legs, like you generally don't ask if she's pregnant, but right? That's the, right, the, right. The very good rule of thumb. Were the costumes of the dancers, was that her choice that they were supposed to look like sperm? <laughs> they did. They looked like that Woody Allen movie. Like Squid Games or something. Sperm Dude. games. Uh, any, any other any other Super Bowl uh, tidbits? Oh, God. House, you missed uh, the big U2 launch ad. 
I heard I, I heard that it was poor timing that it looked like it was like it looked uh, like it looked like one of the things we shot down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we move on, since we were in the home of the Cardinals, we should pour one out for Conrad Dobler, who died oh, today. Died? Yeah. 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 The that NFL's mean, dirtiest player. Mean son of a bitch. Who was he was only, he was only 17. He, he was the right guard to Dan Deardorff's right tackle. And, Deer, you know, do you remember Deardorff on Monday Night I Football? Know Dan Miller? Yeah, so so he played next to Dan Deardorff. Okay. I hated, for the Cardinals? I hated Deardorff. Yeah, yeah, for the Cardinals. So uh, let's just highlight a couple um, NFL offseason stories that we have to watch. And I think that there's really three main ones that, that I, I can think of, and that's Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and perhaps the biggest one um, to me personally, but also potentially to the league, is the ownership of the of the Washington franchise. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, it was interesting, and, and I'm going to talk about him a little a little bit later here in the show in the episode. But you know, Sean Payton uh, in an interview pointed out that that it wasn't long ago. You remember Payton started his career in Philadelphia. And then went to the Giants and then Dallas. So the first until he got to New Orleans, he was NFC East all the way through. And and his comment was Washington was one of the six pillar franchises of the of the NFL. And you know, he thinks they can get back there with the right ownership. So, you know, arguably it could be, you know, it, it the right person comes in there. It's a sleeping giant of a franchise. But those are the three stories that i think are, are kind of the highlights are there anything else you know in the off season to be looking for while you're on that did you see sean payton's tweet i mean if if you think that russell wilson is in a good place sean payton put out a joking uh tweet where he had changed the name of the broncos he had crossed out the b and put out a g and said the Gronkos, and he was trying to yes. recruit both he was trying to recruit both rob gronkowski and tom brady like, how do you think Russell Wilson liked that tweet? Well, like I said, we're going to get back to Sean Payton in a minute here. So, Payton, uh, Payton also banned Russell's personal quarterback coach. Yeah, well, that might, based on how last season went, yeah. that may be a good Maybe idea. Anything that he does to, to that might be a good yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but Bison. If, if 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 tomorrow the Jeff Bezos or whomever buys, you think? All of that, all of whatever has to happen logistically and everything would be in place such that this could happen before the season starts. The, the, the reporting at this point is that most likely the sale will be ratified at the owners meetings in March, which is March 27, 28, 29. Wow. Um, they think that's when it'll happen. Wow. In a that's month? What, that's, that's the... You know, those are the rumors. The initial bids are due this week. Um, and, you know, the, the rumor is, is that Bezos is sitting back and, buy, you know, biding his time. The guy for, who owns the um, Sixers and the, and the uh, Flyers, I guess. Josh Harris. Harris toured the, the facilities last week. Uh, he came down and toured the practice facility and the building and everything because, you know, arguably he'd own that. Yeah, the so devils. right, is, the devils, the devils. Is, that's right. I'm is sorry. So far, is so the last new stadium to be built? One yes. in LA. So how long did that, that take Vegas? to go up? After Vegas, years after Vegas, I think. How long did that take to go up? Do you think? Oh, four or five years. That thing's a 
That's monster. massive. So Vegas didn't take that one. That's not as big. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, look, if, if Bezos does buy the team, I think the reality is, is that he probably will come in. And, and one of the reasons you maybe haven't heard his name yet, I'll bet you there's a lot of background, a back uh, channel work going to see if the D.C. City Council will let him build a stadium in the district. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's one of the yeah. reasons yeah. they got to get rid of Snyder is, is the, the city council won't do business with Dan Snyder. Uh, that's one of the reasons the owners want him out is he can't get a new stadium deal done because he's so toxic. And, I, and I'll bet you Bezos has got that, is working that out. I mean, it, it, Harris can't afford it on his own. Bezos but what about Bezos' connections to Amazon and Amazon Prime? Isn't there a conflict there? The bigger issue is that Washington Post. Snyder hates the Post so much because they're the, they're the you know, they've pushed all the uh, reporting and journalism on him uh, that got him in trouble that there's a lot of thoughts that he won't do business with Bezos because he hates the post so much and Bezos owns the post. Mm. Uh, but there's also rumors that the post is for sale. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things happening. I think at the end of the day, look, my working theory on all this has been that the NFL has told Dan Snyder that the Mary Jo White report will be devastating and they will have to force him out at that point. And if he's forced to sell, he won't get the same value that if he's doing it willingly. And so I think this is, you know, I think they've sort of done him, the owners solid, and they're going to bury that Mary Joe White report and let him get top dollar for his franchise. Cause that benefits all of them. It benefits all of them. I wouldn't buy a penny more stock in the jets if Aaron Rodgers went there. Interesting, but I wouldn't give two craps. Is he and you see how there? He's in, he's in day one of his darkness. We'll know in three days. <laughs> Doesn't he have to meditate for five days to figure out? What is out? the darkness? Does anyone understand what he means by the darkness? No. He's no, like a mushroom right now? He's definitely yeah, he's he's peyote yeah, out he's definitely in Arizona so desert. Yeah, yeah he's, he's at a ayahuasca retreat. Right There's now. no question about it. He is. Oh, a freak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you know the Jets are like they have the tenth best odds to win the Super Bowl or something next year? Jets are not. Third. They, we've they're talked not about how they have a good, a good. They're the Jets. Team. They're never winning the Super. They're the Bowl. Jets. They're right. Exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Detroit is like the fifteenth highest odds. Love Detroit. Detroit. I'm all in on Detroit next year. Yeah. All you in. are. How about yeah. Jacksonville? Love Detroit. I like Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I like Jacks too. Jacksonville. A Detroit Jack Super Bowl milk. Yeah, that'll be a barn burner. <laughs> Jack Jacksonville is is going to supplant San Diego or San Diego. The Chargers, sorry, old man, old man issue. The Chargers, I think, is that team that like you think should be a Super Bowl contender every year, but they're really not. Oh yeah, San Diego, yeah, for sure. Like like yeah, it, it would be so Detroit though for them to win one game next year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just... That's not happening. Exactly. Yeah. All know. right. Let's get a punchable face. I know we got a couple. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Rooster, I think you got one. Yeah, I've got one. Um, 
the whitewashing of American history has gone too far when all of a sudden little children can't read about one of my childhood idols, Roberto Clemente, or about Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Um, the Duval County, Florida public school supervisor has banned autobiographies of Roberto Clemente, pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and of Hank Aaron for the simple fact that it, they reference that these guys endured some racism coming up in the 40s and 50s. I mean, hell, they played in the Negro Leagues. Of course, they endured a little racism. Um, children shouldn't be forbidden from knowing that. It's the truth. And these guys are just wonderful human beings, both of them, fantastic players. Hank Aaron went on to become like the ambassador of Major League Baseball. Roberto Clemente died delivering um, food to the to needy people around the world. He was one of the most charitable people in all of sports. These are people that kids should learn about. In fact, the Roberto Clemente Museum put out a statement saying this child, you know, children's book that was banned was written to teach kids to be kinder to one another. Um, I mean, I just don't understand what is going on here. Kids aren't dumb. They can read and, and not be brainwashed by something. And it's just the truth. It's just, I think it's a very, very dangerous time we live in. And these Karens who run some of these school boards should be punched in the face. Amen. I'm I'm with you. Yep. Knockout. I, I got I got a punchable and a and a slap. All oh. right. I told you we we're gonna talk a little more about Sean Payton. And what does this mean with Payton, man? Rooster, your yours is a much better punch than mine is today. Mine's more like a little bit of a jab. But, you know, yeah, I took Payton, your I took yours though. You were gonna do the same one. Well, that's okay. But Sean Payton gave an interview and, and, you know, he said that some of the, I was referencing his comments about Washington. Well, they came in the context of him saying in this interview, um, by the way, he wasn't asked for this view, but he disclosed that some of the ownership groups that are the groups that are looking to buy the Washington franchise um, approached him and talked to him about if he was willing to wait around a little bit and and see what happened um, because, you know, that he, he would be, there was interest in bringing him on board. Now, that's all fine and good until you realize that Washington has a coach right now. <laughs> and why Sean Payton felt the need to go out and say that, I mean, Ron Rivera, look, he is who he is, but you know what he's not as a bad guy? He's a good good guy. He's a good ambassador for football. And Peyton cut his legs out from under him, you know, with his team, with the players, with the ownership, with the fans, with everything. Why the fuck did he have to do that? He wasn't asked about the Washington job. He wasn't asked if anybody had talked to him. He just offered that up. Gratuitous. Peyton's been around long enough to know that you shouldn't do that to another coach in the NFL. And for that, I think he gets at least a little jab to the face. And then, and then I can't leave the day without a a slap because the fucking MLB Ghost Runner is here to stay. Oh, that was confirmed today. Permanent, permanent Ghost Runner has been adopted and permanent. 
So we got to uh, at least throw a, a forearm shiver. No, to the I mean competition commissioner punching the sh- punching the shit out of MLB for the yeah. rule changes every week once we start focusing on baseball. I know, but that that was How today. That one, that. So they got rid of the shift, but kept the ghost runner. Bill, this is what happens when we focus on football too long. The SMQBs failed you, America. We should have been warning that this was coming. We should have been talking about it, but we were too focused on the Super Bowl. And That's okay, because we have bigger bases. Right. Which so, means all those, records should be thrown out the window. I can't think of a rule I hate more. No. I See, it's the rule book. We're going back to, I'm telling you guys, we're onto something here, the rule book. All right, anybody else have a punch? I, I, a punch? Uh, isn't isn't really necessary because they've already been thrown out of men's college basketball. But if you're following this New Mexico State yeah. story, it's really Oof. kind of scary. They at least one of the players was uh, essentially sexually assaulted and hazed, uh, you know, by three other players on the same team. I think the coach knew about it. It was seen as just you know fun hazing on a team, but it, it really crossed the line and. Um, it is assaulted. Yes. Uh, like the guy was like, you know, tied down and getting slapped around getting his balls and all, every, all stuff played with by like, I I don't even get what's so funny about it. <laughs> right. What, what, what? That's okay. It's a little TMI. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, it just, there's no place for it really. Like just play the goddamn game. You want to make somebody like buy the rest of the team McDonald's at two in the morning. Fine. But seriously, like, right. How's that supposed to improve your team? There's so many more fun ways of hazing, too. Not that I would know anything about that. But, <laughs> the resident hazing expert on the SUVs. Oh, some ideas. Give me a call. Uh, all right. Yeah. So they canceled their season. Now yeah. The that's done crazy. That's, that's yeah. nuts. Any other punches? I got a lasso, but before I give, give my lasso, I just want to uh, pour one out for Ted Lerner. Uh, who died today at age 97, the owner of the Nats, who brought brought the team. Well, he didn't bring the team to Washington, Major League Baseball did, but Lerner eventually bought them, oversaw the, the building of the franchise, the building of the new ballpark, which is two blocks from where I'm sitting right now, and uh, and and ultimately a, a World Series. Um, and Ted passed at 97 today. He, he was a, a developer in the D.C. area who developed a good part of uh, what people know as Tyson's Corner, uh, and then the Navy Yard neighborhood now that's that's benefited from the ballpark. So rest in peace, Ted Lerner. Sell the team, Mark Lerner. Um, <laughs> that's R.I.P. I just want to say, like, I can't understand for the life of me. I mean, it's 2023. We are currently shooting down aliens. Nope. over our airspace and or communicating with them, but we cannot figure out how to get a football field to be right during a Super Bowl. Seriously. Something, something is wrong. Seriously. Like, figure out how to get a field where you don't slip. It's yeah. 2023. You, I, somebody, I think it might've been Mark Schler. Somebody was on Twitter and was like, the NFL is genius. Instead of us talking about the terrible officiating all season long they came out and made a terrible turf so that during the super bowl all we would talk about is the terrible turf and then they go and then he comes back two hours later and is like oh the nfl is playing chess they had a bad they had the worst officiating call of the season at the end of the game so everybody would stop talking about how bad talking about yeah fucking arizona like what 
that's I didn't really they they wheel in and out their field because they want to have grass. Hadn't that field been prepared for like two years? Yeah, like yeah, special field. But then they painted over it. That's the problem, right? That's not gonna work. And let 200 people dance on it and leave divots. Well, yeah. somebody said too that when the temperature changes at night in the desert like that, you end up with a with a dew. I mean, look, it doesn't fucking matter. It if they can't put a field down that's better than that, don't you can't play the Super Bowl there. Period. Right. End of story. Maybe the aliens can help. Well, all right. I got to last. Been the last Super Bowl. I don't see what's wrong with playing uh, outdoor cold weather Super Bowl again. Yeah. I mean, it's football for God's sakes. I agree. Let's play it at Lambo every year. <laughs> All right, I got a lasso, and 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 I want to leave it there. So, that if anybody has another lasso, I want to get it out because I want to get the last one this week. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> Anyone? Nope. All right, my lasso goes to the Milrod boys who got to go to their game and and the ultimate fandom um, got out there, stayed for ex- many days past when uh, Toby was out there originally, uh, got two of his boys out to the game, and, and then to show the dedication was on the worst flight of all time imaginable, a 2 a.m. <laughs> red eye with a stop in Dallas after losing the game. And still showed up here to talk about the game. Yes, to the pod. we're but, proud but of again, you. Again, we we talked about it over text today. And as much as the stings, the game stings, and it won't go away. Uh, I think you'll look back on it with your with your two sons and remember. And and the sometimes the bonding of a loss is uh, can be more powerful than a win. So you guys, you guys get get my lasso for the day. Here, here. So here, here. Thanks. <laughs> Here's to Zeke and Josh and Jake Thanks. too. And poor and Jake. Get, get, poor Jake. Yeah. Get poor Jake. And the whole, the whole, the whole Milrod family and their dedication. He threw a at home. He was fine. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, All right, guys, on to F1. Have a good call. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, 
Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.